0: This is your friendly neighborhood author, Jonathan, and you are listening to Season 5 of the Floor Rejects podcast, The Isle of Artemisia. to the Floor Rejects podcast. If you're just tuning in to this episode, my name is Jonathan. Uh, every week I read to you a chapter from a story that I've written. This season is The Isle of Artemisia. It's a, an ocean-based story. Um, and last week we had a lot of suspicion. We dealt with suspicion from Crystal. We dealt with suspicion from um, Anaxos. We dealt with suspicion around Nick. Um, and that was most of what we dealt with. So. This week we're gonna see that continue uh, and we're gonna see something else happen something a little more interesting so let's jump into it chapter 13 planning guys guys Barrett shouts over the other four in the group as they all talk over one another Anaxos trying to explain Nick talking loudly in Greek and Daniel and Crystal yelling at Anaxos you guys stop he shouts again, and this time they all calm down, and Axel's eyes dimming and returning to their normal color in the fading light. Stop? Barrett. he's one of them. I just saw it. His eyes do the same thing theirs do. Crystal cries, her arms crossed and her lip quivering. Yeah, what the hell? I thought we were supposed to trust him, Daniel asks, obviously more upset that someone he had spent hours talking to now seemed to be an enemy. He is trustworthy. Tell them, X Barrett says, and Anaxo steps in between Barrett and the other three, and the best he can he explains everything the same way that he had to Barrett. He hadn't explained it to Daniel earlier, hoping they wouldn't see his eyes turns, but now that was moot. So he recounts the ways that he is linked to the others, how he operated and removed himself from them, and how they're still psychically connected through the plant. He does his best to reassure the panicking people in front of him, and Daniel does seem to calm down, but Crystal is still unconvinced by the end of the explanation, her arms crossed over her chest. Nick, well, he was hard for Barrett to read, his body language confusing as he watched and listened to the explanation. Barrett, seriously? Crystal says, her foot tapping on the sandy ground. I promise, he saved me, he saved you, all of you. Barrett cries, and Daniel nods almost imperceptibly. Crystal and Nick don't move. If you do not trust me, you're free to leave. You may go to my hut, but you will not make it, Anaxo says quietly. He crosses his arms, mirroring their energy. Everyone is silent for a few beats. Just trust him. We don't have another option, Barrett says. I guess that's true. I'm going back to sleep. Stay over there. Crystal says, walking back farther into the cave, Daniel following reluctantly. Nick doesn't follow either, but instead goes to the mouth of the cave and leans against the edge of it, and Barrett rolls his eyes, settling back onto the ground where he was sleeping. Anaxos squats down near him. May I sleep here? I don't want to upset your friends, Anaxos asks. Barrett nods, and Anaxos curls up in a ball a few feet away, obviously upset by the way he was being grilled by the people he had just been injured saving. X, just give them time, Barret says quietly. Anaxos mumbles something, but then there's silence. No one speaks, and as the night drags on, Barret finally gets some shallow, restless sleep. When he wakes, birds twitter outside the cave, and he is alone. He sits up and looks around. Crystal and Nick are sitting by the river again outside the clearing, and Daniel is scouting the edges of it, staring out into the woods, kicking at the plants growing around him. Anaxus is nowhere to be seen, and Barrett, concerned that the group was falling apart, goes to Daniel, thinking that this was his best bet to start pulling them together. What are you doing, Dee? Barrett asks, walking up behind Daniel, who jumps from the sound of another person's voice. I'm looking for more of that plant. I want to know more about it, Daniel says, not looking up. You can't eat it. None of us can, or we'll be linked to them, Barrett says, and Daniel nods. I know, but Barrett, it can, I mean, it has endless potential, he says, looking intently at a plant that he was interested in, but it wasn't the right one, Barrett could tell. Daniel, you have to convince Chris and Nick that they can trust in Axos. There's no way we would survive without him, Barrett says. Daniel turns to him, his face earnest. I know, but Nick is in her head. He keeps telling her things. She trusts him for some reason. She barely talks to him. I trust in Axos, I just don't know how to make them believe in him, Daniel says. Then you have to get him away from her, she's so distant. I talked to her yesterday and I thought she was coming back to us, but the eye thing seemed to set her off again. You're the only one that can reach her, Barrett says. Daniel nods and nervously he goes over to Crystal and Nick and sits down next to them. While Barrett waits to see if Daniel can get through to them, he goes back to the cave and sits down against the wall. He has a reeling feeling at the back of his head this feeling he would get when he had something to do, but wasn't doing it. He knew what it was, but he was just too nervous to think about it. He needed an escape plan. He needed to figure out how they were going to get away. He was so nervous about even thinking of a plan though, as if they were batting a thousand. He just couldn't think of anything easy and being stuck away from the beach made everything more difficult. He sits there, ruminating on the idea of getting away. He wonders if there are other boats on the island He hadn't seen any, and he hadn't seen any out in the water, either. The island appeared to be out of the way of normal shipping and sightseeing lanes. They knew there were parts of boats at the other's camp, and he knew there wasn't much of a chance that someone would just happen by. Somehow he needed to find a way off this godforsaken island, and just as he starts to put some pieces together. Anaxos comes running through the underbrush, his arms pumping and his chest muscles bouncing gratuitously, a string of fish trailing behind him as he bounds into the cave, breathing raggedly. We must hide. Others coming, he hisses, just loud enough so that the others of can hear him. Come, he instructs and gestures for all of them to follow the water by the river. They don't dare to fight him on that, and all of them are stumbling through the cave, rushing to follow as Anaxos drags Barret deeper and deeper into the cave, farther and farther back until it's completely black and they were sloshing through freezing cold water. Hurry, Anaxos hisses, and they continue to slog, shivering and panicked, through the water and away from the circle of light that was the entrance to the cave. As they get farther back, the circle of light grows smaller and smaller until they are in pitch darkness, around a bend, when Anaxos finally holds his arms out, stopping them. Everyone stay quiet, Anaxos says, and they all hunch, freezing and miserable. Then there's a sound, above the rushing of water, of other voices. They speak in a harsh, unknown language, and Barrett cowers, finding himself pressing his body backwards against Anaxos in a moment of pure fear. The man behind him was still somehow warm, and even in the midst of the freezing cold water, coming from deep in the earth. Anaxos, for his part, involuntarily wraps an arm down and over Barrett's chest, pulling him closer protectively. Barrett doesn't register it at first, too scared of the voices that grow louder. Then a faint light can be seen. It grows brighter and brighter as the voices grow louder, the light shining on the wall just to the right of them, shining on the curve on the wall that leads to the group. They all hunker down even tighter, lower in the water as if the sounds from the voices were right on them. Barrett can feel every muscle in an axe as his body tense up, and he realizes that he was pressed deeply against the man, wrapped up in him, but he doesn't dare move in the darkness. No one, he hears one of the others say in a harsh, angry voice. Then there's silence, only for a moment before slowly the light begins to grow dimmer again, moving away from them. No one dares move for a long time. Then Barrett feels an axos move, shifting forward and sloshing to the bend in the cave, peeking around the edge of it. Come, they are gone, he whispers, and as a unit all of them come running out of the cave, sprinting from the water as they get back into the solid ground. Barrett, his legs completely numb, falls to the rocky floor of the river as he shivers and they rip through his body. Anaxos comes over to him, picking him up and pulling him from the water before carrying him to solid ground, plopping his wet body down in the sand. Thanks, Barrett whispers through chattering teeth. He was so cold, he couldn't think about anything else, not even the man's thick sinewy arms wrapped around him. We have to get you off this island, Anaxos says, and Barrett manages a choked laugh. My thoughts exactly, Barrett says. He stretches his legs, squeezing them, trying to find the feeling in them again, but failing. He lays back, watching as his friends continue out, back to their spot on the river. "'Your friends do not trust me,' Anaxos says quietly, and Barrett turns to him, opting not to deny it. "'No, they don't. Your eyes didn't help,' Barrett says, and Anaxos nods, and he turns to look out at them. "'Then we will find a way off the island for you,' Anaxos says." Barrett finds it odd the way he says it, as if there was another option. How? Barrett asks, and Anaxos thinks on it more intently than he had in the past. I think I have an idea, but it will take time. First, we need to get back to the beach. We can do nothing now, from here, Anaxos says. But how? How do we get back? They'll just come looking, Barrett asks. I do not know exactly how. But I know that there is one way to find out, Anaxos says. What? Barret asks, and Anaxos chuckles. I've told you. It's not what. Who? he says, pointing covertly at the group sitting by the river trying to wash off the fish. No, Barret says. Yes, he is suspicious. He will tell me what I need to know, Anaxos says, staring intently at the back of Nick's head. And how will he help you? exactly if he is one of the bad guys barrett asks and Anaxos doesn't say anything for a while but when he does it's ominous same way i got them to leave me alone he murmurs all righty what do i like about this chapter i like one particular part one particular part can you guess what it is i'll give you a second one, two, three, four, five. It's the part where they're cuddled up together in the freezing cold water. Why do I like that? Because in a moment of panic and of fear and of nervousness and of uh, complete and utter terror, Barrett's first thought is to lean back up against Anaxos, to push himself up against Anaxos and get as close to him as possible. I think that says a lot. I also think it kind of gives us a guideline for where things are going in the future. What else do I like about this scene is that Anaxos instinctively puts his arm around Barrett, not just puts his arm on his shoulder or, you know, touches him on the arm or, I don't know, something else. He wraps an arm around Barrett. I think that gives us another idea as to where this story is headed, as if it wasn't obvious enough. by everything else that I've written you know what I mean Um, what else do I like what else do I like what else do I like I at first didn't like how wishy-washy Crystal was being but I kind of like how wishy-washy she's being and as I'm sitting here thinking about it I'm having an idea an epiphany as to how to play that out and how to make it make sense I'm not gonna give it away, she'll give it away herself here pretty soon, but I think it's a good idea, and it's a little bit of realism, and it's a little bit of um, interest to add to the story. Um, I, I like that Anaxos is continuing with this theme of being super suspicious of Nick. Like he really cannot stress enough how much he does not trust Nick. And Nick hasn't really given anyone a reason other than just being overall kind of shady and weird and annoying and weird. Um, but I, I like that part. Now, I still think that this, every chapter that I write can be better. And I think that this chapter could be longer. I think that there could be more drawn out parts to it, um, but it's a rough draft. That's, that's really the long and short of it. I don't know if the episodes are gonna stay short like they have been lately. I, I'm trying to focus on making sure that I can survive. Um, and it's, let's get real. Burnout is so real and I've started this new job and I've been hoping that it was gonna be the answer to all my prayers and that I was gonna be so much happier in it and I'm miserable like miserable and there's nothing I can do about it. And it's a different type of miserable than my last job because my last job, I was just miserable because I wasn't getting paid enough and my life sucked and I was deeply in debt, still deeply in debt, deeply in debt, nothing I can do about that. But now, I'm just so tired at the end of every day. This new job has got my brain, it's like by the end of the day, my brain is a pile of mush and it can't do anything else. And when I'm trying to write and be honest and be creative and all of that, I feel like I can't do it anymore. And I even feel that way like on the weekends, like I'll wake up on Saturday morning knowing that I don't have to work until Monday and I'll still be drained, and I'll be drained Saturday afternoon, and I'll be drained on Sunday. And it's like I can't catch a break. Um, So I don't know if the chapters are gonna stay short like this. Maybe I need to do a little bit better about budgeting my time. Um, I'm trying to budget more time in for exercise and like treating my body right. Um, But maybe I just don't have an option and I'm gonna have to schedule everything. because I do think that this chapter was too short and I do think that it could be better. Um, I think that I've been writing filler chapters as a way to kind of give myself some time to get better at my job um, and be able to focus on two things at once. And I don't know if it's working. (laughs) I don't know if it's working. I don't know how much longer I can keep it up. I'm going to keep trying. Um, there's, I'm, I don't plan on giving up just yet. But, my God. I am just... I'm just pooped. You know? I'm straight up pooped. I'm tired. I'm broken down at the end of every day. And... Honestly, not where I saw myself in my life. You know? I saw myself being creative my whole life. I saw myself being someone creative. And now I'm working this horrible, well, I shouldn't say horrible. Everybody's jobs are horrible. I'm working this job I don't like, doing things I don't like, and then it's kind of making it feel like the podcast and writing have become like a second job and that's not what I want. I don't wanna feel that way. And because I, I don't do this as a way to like get rich and famous or to like be the world's next biggest author i do it as a way to try and get feedback at some point um that's that was always the goal was just to start my podcast so that people would maybe listen give me their feedback give me their thoughts and what they like and what they don't like and what i could change or what i don't need to change um i i don't want because of that i i don't want my podcast to feel like work i don't want my writing to feel like work or a second job, um, because it's not what it should be. It should be fun, it should be enjoyable um, because it's not my job. <laughs> if it was my job I could i could I could be satisfied with getting burnt out on writing um, but I've just been having a hard time sure have. So now that I've bummed you out thoroughly, let me tell you something good this week. Oh shit, I don't know anything good. Um, oh, um, if you're just listening to this, this is not gonna mean that much to you, but I've been experimenting with a new style of art. I've been, what I've been doing is just kind of the minimalist line art that I've showed you before. Let me pull these up and I'll give you an example if you're watching this. What I've been doing are just like, like these. Like, can you see? Like line art, right? Well, I learned that you can virtually oil paint and boy oh boy, has that opened up my eyes to a whole new possibility, a whole new realm of possibilities. I painted that, I really like this one. Isn't that one so fun? Really like that one. I painted this one, it's a little bit more blurry and, and less textured. Oh, I can't show you that one. But that's what's been good this week, is I have figured out a new way to be creative and a new way to express myself. Um, and I think if you're going through something like I'm going through like a period of transition or um, a time with a lot of stress and just like riddled with anxiety, find some way to creatively express yourself that fulfills you. Even if it's not the way that you have been expressing yourself that has kind of proven to be um, a good way to express yourself in the past, like the way that writing always has been for me, I've kind of switched gears and I've been painting and drawing more and that has proven to be calming and, relaxing for me and a way to recharge so that I have enough energy to at least get 1500 words onto a page every week. They may not be the best ones, but it's at least something. Um, So I I can say that's a positive thing that's happened to me this week. And I would encourage you to do the same. If you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling tired, look for a different outlet. Don't look for the same outlet that you've been turning to to kind of satisfy the craving or, or relax yourself just enough to get by, look for something else to to relax yourself. Look for something else to help you get by. Some other outlet that you can turn to because I feel like that's a good, a good thing to look for. I feel like it's helped me to kind of reinvigorate my interest in my art. Um, so try that this week. But other than that, I've been your friendly neighborhood author. I'll be back next week and in perpetuity until I finally just give up and realize that it's just me here. It's just me talking to myself. Um, I'll be back next week with a new chapter of the Floor Rejects podcast. And um, let's see if I can get this clicker to work. No, I can't get it to work. Wait, how about now? No, what about now?